Hi guys, today I'll be talking about the Shoshone tribe, the Nespius tribe, Chief Joseph, and Sacagawea. I'm Mick and I'll be talking about Sacagawea. I'm Ryan and today I'll be talking about the Shoshone tribe. I'm Akai and I'll be talking about Chief Joseph. I'm Keon and I'll be talking about... Do you ever wonder who helped on the Lewis and Clark expedition? Well, keep on listening to find On to Akai and Keon. Thanks for the great introduction, McKenna and Ryan. When Chief Joseph was a child, he converted to Christianity. Also, when he was a, a child, he attended a missionary school. On to Keon. It's been known that throughout Nespris history, they've lived near the salmon, Clearwater, and Snake Rivers in Oregon, Idaho, and Washington. Now, on Thanks for introducing us, Akai. What do you think the Shoshone tribe were known for? Well, they were known for their hunting skills and beautiful clothing that they made, which was very beautiful. They lived in Idaho, Wyoming, Nevada, Utah, Oregon, Montana, and California. Now on to McKenna about Sacagawea. Thanks, Ryan, for introducing me. Now I'm going to be talking about Sacagawea's background. First off, when she was, she was kidnapped at 11 years old by some Hadassah warriors, and she was born in the late 1780s. In addition to that, her tribe was in other places too, as you heard from Ryan, and she wore moccasins and Shoshone beauty in the winter, fall, summer, and spring. Now on to Akai and Keon. Now on to Akai and Keelan about the Nez Pierce tribe and Chief Joseph. Thanks for the great introduction, McKenna and Ryan. Chief Joseph's father died, and Chief Joseph became the leader of the Nez Perce. Then Chief Joseph became a symbol of the Nez Perce. On to Keon. The Nez Perce daily life consisted of them living in small villages in pole-shaped homes. They wore moccasins, leggings, fringe buckskin shirts, and gloves. They also wore robes in the winter to keep warm. Now on to McKenna and Ryan. Thanks, sir. The great intro, Kai and Kia. Now on to Ryan about more facts about the Shoshone tribe. Thanks for the great intro, McKenna. The Shoshone followed animals they hunted, built short-term homes called wickups, and those were sticks wrapped in um, cloth. Overall-shaped huts were upside-down bowls, and they were covered with plants and bark. Some Shoshone did not move because they lived in caves by the 1700s. Also, by the 1700s, they began to build teepees wrapped in buffalo skin. Wickups are also called teepees. Now on to McKenna about Sacagawea. Thanks for introducing me, Ryan. Now I'm going to be talking about Sacagawea and now what she is known for. She is known for going on expedition. In addition to that, she is also known for being part of the California Intermountains. Also... She fought for many civil rights, especially her own, there, because there are many women civil rights that they needed to fight for. In addition to that, one of she was one of the first people to ever vote. The tribe was threatened to move, but Chief Joseph did not move the tribe. Also, the tribe lived in Oregon, Washington, and Idaho. On to Keon. The Nez Perce made jewelry, rawhide bags, paintings, and musical instruments in their, made by him. Thanks for introducing us, Akai and Keon. Each community had a sweat house, and that made them feel more clean when they spent more time in it. Different seasons meant different clothing for the Sushini. In the summer, they wore less clothing than in the winter. Like, they would wear not as much clothes. Women collected pine nuts to make flour and other foods. They cooked veggies on hot rocks to boil them in water. Now on to McKenna about Sacagawea. About Sacagawea's interesting facts and more. First off, she had a baby boy named John Baptiste. 
And in addition to that, she was also an important American leader. Leader. Part of the interesting facts about her is she saved countless things when the expedition boat flipped over. Also, there is a huge statue of her by a lake. And the lake is also named after her. Later on in her life, she married to St. Charbonneau. Also, after the expedition, Clark had adopted her son. During the near end of her life, she had died of a high fever. But some people say that was Charbonneau's other wife. But in conclusion, Sacagawea died on December 20th, 1812. She had had lived a very... Now on to Akai and Keon with their story and more facts. Awesome introduction, McKenna and Ryan. The Nez Perce War lasted through the summer of 1877. Also, after the tribe moved a lot, most of them died of malaria. Another thing is, before Chief Joseph died, he went to Washington, D.C. to say goodbye to the tribe. On to my story. One One long day of them died of malaria. Before Chief Joseph died, he went to Washington, D.C. to say goodbye to the tribe before he died. On to my story. One long day, long before there were any people on earth, a monster came down from the north. He was a huge monster and he ate everything in sight. He ate all the little animals, the chickmunks and the raccoons and the mice and all the big animals. He ate the deer and, and the elk and even the mountain lion. Coyote couldn't find any of his friends anymore, and this made him very mad. He decided the time had come to stop the monster. Coyote went across the Snake River and tied himself to the highest peak in the Walla Mountains. Then he called out to the monster on the other side of the river. He challenged the monster to try and eat him. The monster charged across the river and up into the mountains. He tried as hard as he could to suck Coyote off the mountain with his breath, but it was no use. Coyote's rope was too strong. This frightened the monster. He decided to make friends with Coyote and invite Coyote to come and stay with him for a while. One day, Coyote told the monster he would like to see all the animals inside the monster's belly. The monster agreed and let Coyote go in. When Co- when he went inside, Coyote saw all that all the animals were safe. He told them to get ready to escape and set about his work. With his fire starter, he built a huge fire in the monster's stomach. Then he took out his knife and cut down the monster's heart. The monster died a great death, and all the monsters escaped. Coyote was the last one out. It was in this way that all the tribes came to be. When he was finished, Coyote's friend Fox said that no tribe had been created on the spot where they stood. Coyote was sorry he had no more parts, but then he had an eyes. He washed the blood from his hands with water and sprinkled the drops on the ground. Coyote said, Here on this ground, I make the Nez Perce. They will be few in number, but they will be strong and pure. And this is how human beings came to be. Thanks for introducing us to Kai and Kian. Now on to our story, The Thief of the Pine Nuts. The people in this country had no pine nuts. They talked about going off to the north to get some. They started off toward the northeast. Coyote was among them. They went to a big camp where there were many people gathering pine nuts. Soon after they arrived, they began to play the hand game against these people. But the next day, they did not know whether they had lost or won. Then they went into another place where they played a game while shooting at a round target with a bow and arrow. They read their lives in this game. The losers were to be killed by the winners. When one side missed the target, its opponent took its arrow. Crow was shooting and only two arrows left. 
Coyote watched him. When Coyote saw him losing, he walked over and shouted and wondered what to do. Crow was about to shoot and at, at the target. Coyote said to him, why don't you hit the target? Then he began to win. He won back everything they had lost and then won everything the other people owned. Finally, their opponents even bet their pine nuts and lost them. The people did not want to give their pine nuts. They hung them on a tall tree with no branches so that no one could climb up. During the night, they slept under the tree to prevent anyone from getting the pine nuts. Cottontail began to play his food. Too, who, do, do. Some old women who were playing to protect the pine nuts knew that they were going to lose them and began to cry for help. Early in the morning, while the people under a tree were still asleep, Coyote and the others started to get the pine nuts. Coyote said, Why do these old women make a noise for? Why don't they just go to sleep? He poked their eyes with a stick and had blinded them. Woodpecker, red woodpecker, flew up in the tree and took the pine nuts. When woodpecker brought the pine nuts down, Coyote and the people took and began to run for home. The others pursued them and caught those who began tired while they were running. They killed everyone they caught. Although many people started out, nearly all were killed before they got home. When nearly all people were dead, Woodpecker gave the pine nuts to Crow and went on. He hid them under his feathers, behind his ear, and in other parts of his body. The pursuers knew he would hide them away when tried to hit them. He, they struck his leg off and knocked it off. It went a long way through the air. Then they struck Crow and brought him to the ground. They said, Now we will wait and take a rest. After they had rested, they went on to Crow and where Crow had fallen, and searched his body for pine nuts. They had found that Crow had left his feathers behind and gone to taking the pine nuts with him. They took a long way off and saw his leg had fallen, but Crow was far behind, still carrying his pine nuts. They saw pine nut trees all over the mountains where the nuts had fallen from Crow's leg when it was newly knocked off through the air. They saw smoke coming up through the trees, but the people were picking out pine nuts. Crow was flying about crying. Thank you for listening to Akai and Keon about Chief Joseph and the Nez Pierce and me and Ryan about Sacagawea and the Shoshone tribe. Did you learn who was on the expedition? See you next. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening.